Welcome to the Connect Her podcast for female entrepreneurs that are ready to level up personally and professionally. Here at Connector, we believe you are always one connection away from your next life-changing opportunity. So buckle on up and join us as we connect you with the most sought-after experts who will be sharing their exact strategies and experiences that helped them reach success. We're your hosts, Sam Conaway and Rachel Haig. We are the brains behind Connector, which is not your typical boring pitch-fest networking community. And we have transformed the lives of over 10,000 women through events, mentorship, and of course, connections. Let's dive in. Can I get a boo? Yeah. <laughs> what is up, connectors? How are y'all doing today? How are you today? This is going to be a freaking banger episode because today's topic is a hot topic within our community. Many, many business owners have come to us within our community and asked us exactly how to get on stages, how to share their message, how to get interviews, and how to monetize off of these things. And so we decided why not make an entire episode with an expert in the studio with us to give you all of those answers. We truly believe that each and every woman out there that is a business owner has a unique perspective, a unique journey, a unique expertise that they are meant to share. And we want to get y'all on some stages. So without further ado, I would like to introduce y'all to our guest today, who is also a coach to many professional speakers that have stepped foot on our connector stage. So we have seen his work live and in person. Welcome to the show, Joe Johnson, everybody. Hello. How are we doing? It's Johnston, not Johnson. Johnston. With it's a T. Joseph Salvador. Yeah. Joseph Salvador. Sometimes Johnston. it's Joseph Sebastian. Uh, Sometimes on a good day. On a good day. It is Johnston, though. People mess Johnston. that up. I have to tell them it's with a T. Johnston. 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 How are we doing, Connector community? Excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Joe Johnston is a professional speaker, agent, and consultant. His mission is to empower experts with the knowledge and know-how to share their message and story from stage. (sighs) I'm excited to ask you a ton, a ton of questions today so our listeners can know exactly how to build their brand, exactly how to monetize from speaking on stage, build income from speaking on stage, all of the things. But first, I want to talk about you, Joe. Are you ready to get real raw and vulnerable? Let's get real raw and raw and vulnerable. Vulnerable. Let's get down to it. I the voice exercises. Let's get down to it, baby. All right. We're going to go backtrack all the way to where it all began. Your birth. My birth. I'm just kidding. So I was born on... No, I'm kidding. So the birth of it was... I can remember the birth of it. Can you guys like remember the birth? Like or like the like starting moment for you guys? Oh, you yeah. Remember like yeah, what we that was? We were sitting on the floor at a gym. Boom. And we wrote the whole idea out on a piece of paper. Boom. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, right? To think back on that and how far away it was, but how far it's come. So the birth of it for me was, and I feel like this is like a modern day story. I was at my apartment back in Massachusetts. I was born and raised in Massachusetts. And I graduated college, moved into my first apartment. I had just taken a job to work at a corporate organization. I had a couple weeks off before that job. And I was sitting, I literally vividly remember on my couch and I was on Instagram 
and I got hit with this ad and I got hit with this ad a couple of times from this like speaker training company, which is funny. Now they're like our top competition with the coaching work we do. But I got hit with this ad and it was like, want to become a professional speaker, but don't have a crazy story, don't know how to do it, all this stuff. And I'd seen it a couple of times and like I didn't I wasn't familiar with like online worlds, ads, anything like that. I was like, screw it. Let me check what this is about. So I clicked on the ad and I signed up for a webinar. It was a free webinar. It was like a day or two later. This dude, he went through, you know, how he became a speaker. And I was like, yeah, that sounds kind of cool. Went down the rabbit hole, gone on their mailing list. Long story short, a couple weeks later, signed up for, they were like running a discount on their online course, bought it for a couple hundred bucks and just dove into this world of like professional speaking. It was like, oh, you can actually get booked and paid to speak. You don't have to like have a crazy story. This guy was like, I built, you know, my business from nothing. I didn't have a crazy story. I'm a regular guy. It's a great selling point, great marketing. And so I got into this world and started, you know, I was working this corporate job, was side hustling. I joined Toastmasters, would start speaking locally at colleges for free, different organizations, just whatever I could do to get on stage. And it was like the dream started to get formed. I was listening to, you know, I'm big on comedians and I would listen to different comedians, Joe Rogan, Bill Burr, people being on the road. And so this dream starts to get formed of like Joe being on the road and speaking and going out. And then as I'm listening to a lot of these comedians, I'm also seeing like Bill Burr's talking about how he's on the road with his opener, Paul Verzi at that time, who like is his very good friend. And I'm like, ooh, that'd be cool. Like, how could we do that? How could I potentially get my friends in and like, you know, do that? And and I, it, it was forming, like the vision was forming and I was just like taking action. I was just going, speaking for free, working for corporate. Long story short, year, year and a half later, I jump full in, COVID hits. I have a couple gigs, you know, they turn from in-person to virtual. So I get paid for that. I moved down here about three years ago, so about a year and a half into my journey, and I meet CJ Finley. I don't know if you guys know him. He's local down here. And he's like, you should build a speaking agency where you like represent people. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, that'd be cool. Long story short, I start talking to like more folks and I'm hearing as I'm having these conversations for speaking gigs, there's a lot of topics that people want that I can't speak on, right? So there's like sexual assault, there's leadership development, all these topics that like I don't have an expertise in. So then I start getting tapped in with the community down here and I start meeting people, I start adding people to my roster, and I eventually get like a couple of these people gigs. So, you know, you speak for 5K and I take a commission off that. I'm like, oh, this is a pretty cool model. So that starts to grow. I start booking out more people. I start meeting more people down here in Austin. I start bringing them onto the roster. I start booking them out. Um, and that just started to grow. I, I picked up another like virtual job that I was in the speaking industry to learn more about it. Quit that about two years ago. Fast forward. I guess a year ago now, I launched this coaching offer. I had so many people who were like, hey, can you represent me? How do I get gigs? As you guys probably hear, I launched this coaching offer. I partnered with my business partner, Aaron. Now, fast forward, we have, you know, six-figure agency, multiple six-figure coaching offer. And yeah, I fast forward through a lot, but it just grew, man. It just grew. You just show up every day. You have a passion for something. You keep moving the needle forward. You listen to the market. You optimize. You evolve. You keep making the calls, you take the sales calls, you get told no, and you just keep evolving on it. And so, yeah, that's the journey. Dang. That's the journey. So from corporate world to taking all that on and just building and pushing and going, and I'm sure you were told no millions of times. Millions. and <laughs> Probably millions. Probably millions. <laughs> probably millions. <laughs> it feels like millions. It, it feels, feels like, like millions. it, right? That's right. Sure. And And you were able to keep pushing and keep learning and keep developing, and it started from investing in a course. Yeah. And I want to even take it further. Like, how, how were you growing up as a kid? Were you... Yeah. always like 
did you speak a lot during school? Did you have a lot of confidence? Because when you saw that ad, something in you already had maybe an interest in speaking, right? So how did you know that that was your calling? She's a good coach. Good questions. Good (laughs) questions going deep. Yeah, that's a great question, right? Because I don't really think about that. It's like, yeah, I've always been confident on stage. I've always been confident speaking in front of people. You know, what's interesting is I feel like at home, I was more quiet. Like in my house, I was more quiet. It was more like my brother. I don't know. I feel this way. It was more my brother, like talking to my dad and my parents and that stuff. And I was kind of more observing, but like at school, out like socially and all that stuff, I was more outgoing. And I always enjoyed being on stage in college. I was in, you know, presentations and presenting in front of people. So I think when I saw the ad, what I saw was I saw first an opportunity out of a life that I didn't want. You know what I mean? Like when I was working at corporate and I'd look at my boss, like, I knew I didn't want to be there. And I knew like I had just taken that job for the money because I needed to do something while I would figure it out in the meantime. And so I knew that I didn't want that. And I saw this path out that was like, if I could be on the road and making money off of that, like that seems really cool, you know? So that was like the interest for me. And then I think there was just also this deeper passion of, and if I could be doing it where like I'm impacting lives and I'm getting this message that I feel that I'm passionate about, you know? My message always related back to like my own journey with personal development and, you know, really like going to therapy and investing in myself and seeing the benefits of that, seeing the benefits like internally that I'm sure we can all relate to in personal development. I'm like, I was so passionate about it at the time. I was like, if I could get that out to the world and get paid for it, like a lot of speakers get that. They get sold on the dream, right? Of that. That sounds amazing. And so, yeah, I think back to your question, I was like growing up, I was a pretty outgoing kid, you know, played high school football star. So like part of it was like, you know, you have the limelight on you and you're kind of chasing that, I think, to a degree. But yeah, it was very outgoing, always comfortable on stage and just like like I'm a deep guy at heart. I'm like a very deep guy. I gave my brother's wedding speech, like best man speech a week and a half ago. And it was like this perfect mix of like humor, but also like depth. And I felt like Maybe I didn't always fully express it, but when I was on stage and when I had this outlet, it was an outlet for me to express that and to be deep in like my authentic self. And I think that was very attractive for me. So I want to hit on a point for me, there was always, and I think this is for a lot of people, particularly early on, there was two forces that were driving me when I was working in corporate. It was more a force of like a way it was like, I'll put in the extra hours at lunch and after work because I cannot be in this job in three to five years. Like I'll literally kill myself or I'll just like die. Like my soul will die. And so like there was this like running away energy for a long time, coupled with this running towards energy to really the life that I have now, like time freedom, being able to come here, you know, on a Wednesday in the afternoon and do something fun and record a podcast. But I think it was those two forces of energy and and almost like that away energy can be like more powerful, particularly early on. Like a lot of people have that, right? It's like either you're broke or like you're just trying to get out of something. And like that fuels a lot of success. But yeah. I know I went off topic with the question a little, but yeah, that's my answer. I love that you had that like driving factor of you started this whole journey because it was something you were passionate about. You're like, hey, I love speaking. I'm outgoing. I want to speak for myself. But then it evolved into how can I help other people do this? But you also had that driving factor of your end goal in mind. When you were doing it for yourself, you knew, okay, I'm not just going to speak on stages for fun because I enjoy it, but because I want to get out of this life that I'm living right now. Mm. I don't want to be here in five years. And it's so important to really look into your future and know what you're working towards. Mm. And I think that's why you grew so quickly and why you were able to scale your business so quickly because you were also looking into the future. 100%. So on this journey, right, you went from getting gigs for yourself, stepping into speaking yourself, getting over 50 plus gigs to then working with a lot of established speakers, helping them get gigs. 
and now coaching people on how to become a speaker and learn all these traits that you learned. Mm-hmm. What were your challenges along the way or the main challenges you faced along each piece of that journey? Yeah. And I, I want to preface that by saying that I, I still do all those things. Right. So Joe still speaks less so than like I always thought I wanted to be speaking 50, 100 times a year. Right. That would yeah. be my main income. It's way less than that. Once once every other month, once a month, twice a month max. But I still speak a decent amount. I still book out our speakers to stages. And then, yeah, the consulting offer is like big, right? Where we're helping speakers, speaker growth consultants, helping them launch and scale their speaking businesses. I would say there's different challenges in each of those. A big challenge with doing all those things, and I'm sure anyone who has multiple things going on is like, really managing it because however much we want to say that like we're multitaskers, like if one thing, all those things can't get all the time and energy as you know what I mean, as all of them. And so for a while, I think I was happy. Like, I'm really happy now that I I was able to grow the agency to the point where it was, you know, pretty self-sustaining where like we can do six figures pretty much like on autopilot at this point without me having to be there as much. And that's allowed me to focus more on the consulting side of things, right? But I think that's been one of the bigger challenges definitely lately is just like balancing time and energy. It's like as much as I would love to grow the agency and that stuff, I'm really like we are just have momentum with the consulting and like we're really just trying to get that to a revenue point and number and then reassess and I'll, you know, reallocate more of that capital back into the agency. So that's been one of the biggest struggles right now. I would say early on, it's a struggle that probably anyone faces is like, I just didn't know what I didn't know, you know, and it was like, how do I get clients? How do I do this at scale? How do I do this more efficiently? Like for the longest time, it was just me like ripping cold calls, like 50, 60 cold calls, (laughs) like just trying to get clients. Right. And so it was like, you just don't know what you don't know. And it's not until you have some capital that you can start reinvesting, that you start getting around people that you're like, oh, no, we can automate this. Like, I can hire someone here. I can train them. Here's how you build an SOP. Here's how you outsource. Here's how you manage someone. But I would say early on, like the biggest struggle is, and I'm sure this for a lot of people, we see this with some of our clients. We don't work with as many beginner speakers because it's like, it's just brutal. Like when you're starting out in anything, it's like, you're just like, is this even possible Like we have people in our community, they're like, I know it's coming. I know I can get paid to speak. And we're like, we know you can like easily. But that struggle of like, there was a point I remember when I moved down here where it reached a point of like, it's not a matter of if I'm going to quit my job and be able to do this full time. It became a matter of when. Right. And I think we all have that switch at some point. It's like, it's not a matter of if I'm going to hit my goals. It's a matter of when it's going to happen and how can I collapse that time frame. But I would say just like dealing with that rejection early on and being as efficient with my time and energy as possible. And that's something we still struggle with, right? But that early on was like, I just, hey, I know I can work hard and rip cold calls, but it wasn't the most efficient way. I would say that and then just like dealing with the rejection and like starting to get the flywheel going. Because once the flywheel's going, you're like, okay, this process works. It's like, cool, just scale the process. Optimize and scale the process. But I would say that was probably one of the biggest struggles early on is just like persevering through to be like, this works, cool, we got it. Here's how we optimize, delegate, you know, systematize and scale it. Love that. Love that. Okay. I want to kind of switch gears because you mentioned you don't work with as many beginner speakers right now. Mm -hmm. And you also have a ton of knowledge for beginner speakers. So for anybody listening that maybe they feel like they're in that beginning stage, I'd really like to give them some traction on where to start. That way they can get themselves on a stage as well. So let's go with just the overall view of speaking and the reality of what's possible with being a professional speaker. Yeah. So when we're talking about straight professional speaker, it's like really the sky's the limit, right? I like I know professional speakers who are doing 
I was talking to a client today, like doing, and he's like 10 years in the game, but doing anywhere from like half a million to like a million a year straight from speaking. So if you want to go straight, the professional speaker route, which is like 95 to a hundred percent of your income a year is you getting on a plane, going on the road, speaking for five, 10, 15, 20, 25 K that is like the sky's the limit. Now with that, like it is a long road, you know, like those people they're at that level and like you can get to that level, but it just takes time to stack things up, right? Because you have to get repeat, you have to get clients, you have to get repeat clients, you have to start to get known a little bit, you get referrals, like you have to get better on stage. The only way you get better on stage is just going, trying out new material. And so it's a long road, but the sky is truly the limit for the straight, like professional speaker. And also like, kind of like I mentioned, I mean, you can charge without being a celebrity, you can charge, you can get up to like 20, 25 K 30 K for like a 45 minute keynote. Like I'm paying Rachel to come in for 30 K to share her knowledge, her story. She's dialed on stage for this event, 30 K. And you can get that like consistently, you know? So the sky's the limit for the straight professional speaker. I think what is far more common today. And I was actually thinking about this the other day. What's far more common today is the speaker that also has other streams of income or like the coach consultant who like utilizes speaking in different manners, right? So let's just like use you all, for example, you guys have seen the power of stages. You have your own stages. You've seen the power of having folks on your stage. There's a, there's a big like potential for just, if you can get on stage as a coach consultant or anyone with a backend offer in front of your ideal clients, it's one of the most converting like highly converting pieces of marketing material because those people, they see you on stage, they form a relationship with you, they see your expertise and they are so jacked up. They're like, I want to buy from this person, right? And we've all probably been in an event, we've heard a speaker and we're just like, what can I buy from this person? And so there's a lot of potential there. And I think that's the more common model is if you want to be like a full-time paid professional speaker doing it, understand that like you can, it's going to be a long road. Uh, You're going to be on the road a lot, but like you can make a lot of money and like it can be deeply fulfilling. Do you know what I mean? So for a business owner that wants to be a professional speaker Mm -hmm. and wants to be on the road all the time, getting paid the big bucks to speak, what we recommend, right, is them having their business mostly automated because they need to be able to completely step out of their business. That's right. Okay. And then for somebody that doesn't have their business fully automated yet, then they're kind of doing that side where they are working on their business, but they're also speaking to for lead generation into their business right now yeah okay correct yeah correct and like here's the deal like i have a lot of clients that are actually kind of the first kind of both of those they're coaches consultants they're like look i'm making a decent amount of money right now or good money in my business or my multiple businesses i am pretty removed from them or in the process of removing myself from them and i've spoken on stages i've gotten paid before ultimately my goal is in three years to be completely removed from my business. And like, almost, I think a lot of business owners have this that we found is like, I've done the shit. I've done like the big things. And in three years, I want to be a top women's empowerment speaker to tell them about my journey, you know, at 45, right? Of becoming a multi-millionaire by 40 and what I've done. And at 45, I'll be removed from my businesses. Joe, I'm investing in you and your program because I know this is a three-year plan. Just give me the game plan. I know it's not going to happen overnight. I've gotten some gigs here. I just want a little more consistency. I have the mindset of a business owner knowing it's not going to happen overnight and knowing the speaking world, but can we start to get stuff going now so in three years I'm speaking full-time and I'm getting paid the big bucks? We see that a lot. 
right? Like ICP comes in that like, is that person, their business either fully automated, they're making good money, or it's, you know, at the point where it doesn't necessarily mean them. They have more time to put in the speaking. They have a long-term vision in that with it. And they're like, let's just get things going because in three years, I just want to tell my story and all the successes that I've had and have a lucrative speaking career. And it's interesting. And sorry, I, I talk a lot. I go off on a tangent, but like me and my business partner did it the other way. Like we were like, I just want to be speakers. You know what I mean? Like I want to be a full-time professional speaker. And now we're like, wait, shit. Like I actually like growing businesses, but a lot of people will do that, right? Of like, hey, I've built multiple successful coaching, consulting, real estate, whatever businesses. I have a message to share. I've done it a little bit. It's been very inconsistent referrals, all that stuff. I'm feeling a calling on my heart. I have more time. I'm making, you know, very good income with my business. I'm pretty removed from it. So I have more time. Give me the game plan, Joe, and your team to start to build this thing up over time. Does that make sense? It does. We see that a lot. I want to ask a little bit about stage presence, mm -hmm. because one of the things that you mentioned in the very beginning is you were someone that felt very confident as a kid. You were someone that was great when it came to sports and you enjoyed the limelight. And I know that there's also listeners that maybe they are more behind the scenes, maybe they're more back ended, maybe they have an amazing story, but they aren't the loud ones in the room or they have that confidence. So when it comes to stage presence, what I also enjoyed that you mentioned was you kind of tapped into another layer of yourself when you step on stage where mm -hmm. you go even deeper. And I relate a lot to that. And I know Rachel does too. We call it our alter ego. Mm -hmm. Our alter ego is the one that steps into stages, steps into rooms, steps into meetings. So for someone that maybe is more shy, more quiet, more timid, and they're stepping into stage, what are some really powerful stage presence tips that you can help them utilize? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's a couple things I say with that. And one actually just came up. The first thing that I say is, and we've all heard that fact, right? Of like public speaking's the top fear, right? There's a couple of things I say to that, right? So three things. Let's see if I can remember them all. One is that you actually don't fear public speaking. What you fear is social ostracism. So social ostracism. 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 Can you give me a definition, Like please? an ostrich. I'm about to. Ostrich. So social ostracism <laughs> is basically what you fear is it's a primal fear. It's if you were in a tribe of, you know, 50 people like we were as cavemen and like you got bumped from the tribe, like you were dead within 24 hours. Right. Because like that, that saber tooth tiger was coming. And I know I'm getting deep here. Right. <laughs> I but dig it. I'm here for it. I have a visual of tigers chasing me through the middle of nowhere. And I didn't know where this was headed. To be on stage. <laughs> but that's actually the fear. Right. So it's not so much the public speaking. It's I'm going to go. I'm going to make a fool of myself. Everyone's going to hate me. I'm going to be out of the tribe and then I'm going to be dead. It's a very primal, like animalistic fear. But I think that's what most people fear. I think also layer to the fear of public speaking. And, you know, this is not even the fear of public speaking. This is like the fear of being heard, the fear of sharing your voice. Like all, we all have this, right? Like if I show my most vulnerable self or the stuff that's on my heart or my story, people are going to hate me or ostracize me, right? I think a lot of it, there's also like with public speaking and whether it's public speaking or again, like sharing your voice or your truth, there's usually like layers of trauma there with people. There's something that happened. They share their voice. They're on stage in first grade or they shared it to an intimate partner and like they got shut down from it at a young age and like that's left an imprint and you know, there's a traumatic resonance there, right? Which is also something I'm very passionate about. So there's all that. And then the last thing that I'll say is like, I actually think public speaking is like a very, the more I think of it, it's like actually a very intimate kind of like personal pursuit. Cause like when you're, it's not even so much about the stage and, and stage presence. It's about like the preparation process and really getting to the point of like, okay, I have this gig. It's in four weeks. It's on this topic. 
Here's my outcome. What's the speech that I'm going to create? What are the stories that I'm going to like the preparation process is very creative and it's very, for me at least, like it's like a solo pursuit of crafting a talk, editing it, putting it together, running through it and all that stuff. So I actually think, and I, I say this and I don't know how true it is, but I think it's true. It's like, I'm actually a pretty introverted person. Like I like to spend time alone. I like to get deep. I like to like be by myself. And I think a lot of public speakers are. And so when it comes to stage presence, I think it's those two things I mentioned. And then it really becomes about like just finding what your message and your story is and what your expertise is and weaving it into this like really coherent narrative and story and doing it in a way that is authentic to you. Like that's the one of the most beautiful things that people like we all have seen people on stage or whatever who just like aren't being ourselves and we get this real themselves and get this weird feeling. If you're like being yourself, like authentically you and you have a message and an expertise, like people really, really appreciate that and resonate with that. So I think that's from a stage presence perspective, like what I would say, confidence obviously comes with reps. The more you speak, the better you get at it. The more you get your talk down, the speakers that I know that are really high level, it's like they just give them the talk hundreds of times. They know every point and the more familiar you get with a speech, the more fun you can have from it, the more you can deviate from the script with something fun that just came up in the moment and then come back to it. So it's a very creative pursuit, but preparation's everything. Like there's been talks where I have not been prepared. I just like had other shit going on in business and I was nervous. You know what I mean? And then there have been talks where I've been on the road for two weeks. I've done this talk four times. The fifth time is just knock it out of the park. You've done it so much. So preparation is huge when it comes to stage presence is what I'd say. And don't get don't get eaten by tigers. Don't get eaten by tigers. I'm going to have nightmares, y'all. Joe is going to give me nightmares about tigers. I want to take that preparation process a little bit deeper because for somebody that hasn't spoken before, sometimes you step into wanting to be a professional speaker, not knowing where you want to take your story. You have a 20 different journeys, 20 different experiences you want to share, 20 different lessons you've learned that you want to impact other people with, mm. how to really formulate that message. And something I've heard you speak of before is something you use called Talkadot. Yeah, Talkadot. Can we talk a little bit about that process and how to formulate your message? Yes. So Talkadot's a little different from formulating your message, but I can get into both. Yeah, let's do both. Okay, cool. So when it comes to formulating your message, we talk, and this is something we see with a lot of folks, particularly like these serial entrepreneurs that we work with. They're like, I can speak on so much. I think what happens over time is like the market ultimately dictates what you sell. And when it comes to finding speaker to mark, message to market fit as a speaker, and where we help a lot of our clients is like our clients will come in with like 12 topics and we're like, look, like I can just tell you straight up that these six are like you're never going to get booked for those. So like, let's just cut those out. And it doesn't mean you're cutting out the message and the stories that come with those. It's just we need to brand and position you in a way that's going to be attractive to meeting and event planners. Right. So like leadership's a huge topic, the future of work and AI and technology and mental wellness, anything wellness related right now is a huge topic, sales, marketing. So. It's finding a way where you can overcoming obstacles or resilience, right? If speakers come to us, we had a speaker come to us. Uh, he's actually a former NFL player and he just has like a crazy life story. We're like, look, man, like your whole thing is going to just be about overcoming obstacles and resilience. Like that's it. And then you package your story, your message, your expertise, everything that you're talking about under that. You're going to get booked just for that. You're going to get booked for your story. And oh, my God, this guy's amazing. Overcoming resilience. Bring him in. So I think that's really huge is finding what are you passionate about? What's your experience? What's your expertise? And what does the market want? And the biggest thing that I'd say here, too, is like, don't get too caught up in this phase because 
it's like just go to market, like just reach out to people, hear what they're looking for. And if you can solve it, like you can solve it. And over time, you'll find what that is. And then you'll be cool. Now I'm the team building dude for these markets. Now I'm the mental health dude for these markets. But go to market, like don't let the lack of clarity hold that back. Talk it all. Let's save actually for the pre the event day optimization stuff, because that's like a tool for that. Okay, so coming, soon. coming, talk soon. Dot. Talk coming dot. soon. Amazing. Okay, so let's talk about getting paid to speak. I know you have formulated an awesome roadmap. So what are some tips that you can give the listeners on how to actually land paid speaking gigs? Yeah, so I'm going to actually say this, particularly for a lot of your listeners. There's actually, in this we kind of alluded to, it actually makes sense sometimes to not get paid as a speaker. Right. And what I mean by that is... If you can get on a stage that might not be paying, but or paying less than, you know, say you want 5,000 a gig, but it only pays a thousand, whatever, where you're not going to make that much, but you can get on that stage and it's your ideal audience for your coaching consulting offer. It actually makes sense to go and like speak for free. Like I'm actually speaking for free in a month because I'm going to be in front of like 50 to 100 corporate decision makers. I'm flying to Arizona. They're covering my travel, but I know but using Talkadot, which we'll get to. I'll be able to turn those people in the audience into future clients for me or my speaking agency, right? So it actually makes sense sometimes, depending on the audience who you're speaking to, what your offer is to speak for free or to speak, particularly early on, if like you don't have footage or testimonials, like we tell all our clients, like, dude, go speak at a reduced fee, go speak locally for free, but make sure you get video footage, get these non-monetary assets that will then help you go get paid gigs, right? So that's the one thing when it comes to getting actual paid opportunities, it's knowing like who to reach out to and it's knowing what markets actually pay and what they're going to pay at. Right. So high school market, you know, you can get anywhere from fifteen hundred a grand up to ten grand. You're getting into like the association markets. You're looking more in like the five to twenty K range corporate market. Same thing. Five to twenty five thirty. So it's knowing the right stages to reach out to and people to get in touch with to find these paid opportunities. But again, for a lot of the folks that are listening to this I would say like, look, like if you're trying to grow your business, it might make sense for you to just find local stages. Like we have clients that have spoken for free and, you know, turned it into 10, 15, 20K on the back end, right? Because they've closed them into their offer or they've gotten the email list, they've nurtured it, and then they've closed them months later. So using it as a marketing tool for your current offer is going to be huge for a lot of, you know, the folks that listen to this and, and for a lot of folks, like don't be so obsessed with like getting paid to speak. Like obviously if you want to be a professional speaker, yes, know the markets and the people to reach out to and qualify on the front end. Do you guys have a budget? What is your budget? But I think for a lot of coaches and consultants and experts, it actually makes sense to speak for free so you can speak to sell on the back end. Oh, listeners, I don't know if you just took notes on everything he said, but he really just took us through an entire roadmap of how to excel in your speaking career all the way from honing in on your messaging. So starting with one problem that you solve, one solution, what is a catchy topic you can use to really serve the market and then package your whole journey into that? How can you start on stages speaking, maybe even upselling your offer, even if you're speaking for free, and then how you can work yourself up to getting paid more and more to different audiences over time, and then eventually just being an OG speaker and your business being automated and that's your main thing. So we just took y'all through that entire roadmap. Whew, I love it. I want to take you guys into the next thing. So a lot of you guys have asked us in the past, how do I market myself? How do I 
go personal branding myself aside from my business so that I can get speaking gigs and things like that. So, Joe, we want to ask you a little bit about branding yourself as a professional speaker and marketing yourself as a professional speaker. Yeah. So I would say, and particularly again for, you know, your folks, like don't reinvent the wheel. All speaking is, is just another avenue to solve problems. Like that's it. And all of you solve problems as coaches, consultants, whatever y'all do. And so when you're going to speak, it's like we take our clients through expert positioning statement, which is like, I help X do Y without Z, right? Like it's very basic. And many of y'all that are listening, like you already have that. You already know who you help, how you help them, what your audience is. Don't reinvent that you're just positioning that now as a speaker, right? Now I'm a speaker who also solves this problem. I solve it as a coaching consultant in a one-on-one capacity. I solve it in a group capacity. I solve it through my book, through my social media. Now I solve it through speaking and on stages. So that's the first thing when it comes to like branding, positioning. When it comes to speaker-specific assets, there's a couple things that you will need. One is a speaker one page. So literally just adding a page to your website. And if you guys want to see examples, go to my agency site. We have a million, well, we have like 20 different speaker one a million. pages. Not a million. <laughs> Those are the rejections. Uh, <laughs> Callback like that. Uh, so speaker one pagers, this is just like who you are, what problems you solve. Go to our website, MII Professional Speaking, check out our speaker one pagers. You just add that to your Quick current plug. website. Quick plug. That's that you'll need a speaker demo reel. So a speaker demo reel is like your movie trailer of you as a speaker. Put that together. Again, search like speaker demo reels or go to the website. Check out. We have some demo reels on there. You don't need anything. (laughs) You don't need anything fancy. Just like two, three minutes of you on stage, different stuff that you've done. And then just like start telling the world that you're a speaker. We have plenty of clients who are like, hey, man, I got a like vast network. And I was like. Yeah, just reach out to your network. Be like, hey, I'm doing more speaking. Like, do you have any stages I could get on? Do you know anyone I could get on? And then you start doing it, you know, professional speaker, but demo reel, one pager, that's it. Like, that's really all you need. You don't need anything crazy. And then just start positioning yourself as like, hey, this is an additional avenue and service that I have to solve problems because that's all it is. I love how simple you break it down. So literally a page talking about you. A video talking about you, which can be something super simple, doesn't have to be extravagant right from the beginning. And then finding gigs isn't actually that hard, especially if you're a part of a community like Connector, you're part of a community of people in your niche. All you have to do is go to somebody else that could be a great referral partner, a great, you know, business partner and say, hey, how can I provide value for your audience? You can provide value for my audience. And now you're getting gigs, you're getting reps in to eventually step on the big stages. Yeah, correct. And it starts to it starts to like feed on itself. The more you speak, the more you speak, the more you're posting about it. Like it just starts to feed. It starts to compound. You'll have people that like a lot of the clients we work with now in our agency, particularly as like I haven't been putting as much time into it and growing it is just like repeat clients, like clients that are just like, look, Joe, like you're my speaker guy. Like whenever I need speakers, you know, every year for our conference, every, you know, twice a year, like. I'm coming to you. We have meetings, you know, following up. We did a gig. Cool. Here's the next meeting. Talk about the next gig. So you start to get repeat clients. You ask those folks for referrals and like it can start to grow organically. You set up outbound channels that are automated and like it can start to grow organically over time. You start to get better. So people want to tell more people about you and your work. It's simple. It's not easy. It's very simple, though, the process. And you just work it and scale it up. Love it. One of the things that I want to circle back on is actually event day and when you're selling from stage. 
So I know we're going to talk about a couple of different event optimizations that you can utilize, but I want to talk about selling from stage for a second because this is an art that Rachel and I have had so much fun with the last couple of years. Mm. And we know that there can sometimes be a lot to it. Sometimes it can be super simple. So when it comes to how you help your clients with Mm. selling from stage, what are some things and tips that they utilize? Yeah. And I'm going to turn it back to you guys after this because I want to hear some of your secrets if you guys are open to sharing (laughs) them because I'm sure you have additional ones. One of the things is throughout the presentation, I learned this from a mentor is you need to be like seeding the future work that you do. Right. So, for example, if you're a coach and you're selling coaching services, that on the was back his end, quick plugs throughout this whole freaking podcast. Yeah, exactly. You need to be <laughs> seeding it throughout. You need to be priming as it's called in sales. And so it's like if you're a coach, let's say you're a coach and you're talking about a topic related to how you help your clients speaking. You know, for example, I have a client who was, you know, in the NFL, we just brought him up. Like you're just seeding. I had a client who we helped go from zero to 50K. Like you're seeding that throughout the presentation. So it's like, what does he mean a client? And then, yeah, so I coach this guy. Oh, this guy's a coach too. Because here's the thing is like when you go on stage, some people are like, who's this person? Like, unless you're famous, like who's this person? What do they do? Is They don't even know that maybe you speak professionally or what you do. So if you're seeding, oh, this coaching client or this person I worked with, like case studies throughout, one, it's enhancing what you're saying. It's enhancing the work. It's credentializing you. But then two, it's priming the person and the buyers and the audience to be like, oh, wait, this person does something else. And they're starting to form a picture of what that is. Second thing is kind of where Talkadot comes in. So Talkadot's a free app. Basically what it is is at the end of your presentation, you throw up like a QR code, have the people whip out their phone, scan the QR code. They not only can take a, like they, it takes them through a survey, but it asks them basically if they have other opportunities for you or want to continue working with you. You can give them like a free resource, all this stuff. So this is all to say, have a way to collect the data, right? Have a way to collect, whether it's the emails of the people in the audience you ask the meeting planner for, or something like a talk about or a free resource that they can go, they get a free resource. So you give them something, but it also collects their data where you can then nurture them on the back end. And then the last thing is like just straight up towards the end of your presentation, asking them, Hey, have you gotten value and going with a more like direct call to action? And you don't like no meeting planner wants someone who's just straight salesy from stage. All meeting planners have had that and they hate it. I'm sure you guys, even when you're vetting your speakers, it's like, look, this isn't a sales pitch. But you can give three to five minutes where you kind of more directly pitch your services and have a call to action, right? So whatever that call to action is, make sure that you put it in there. Look, if you've gotten value from this, I'd go deeper with clients and you can take them through your offer if you want on stage or, hey, go here to learn more info or free coaching call, whatever the call to action is, take them to that and take them through that. But I think that's that's huge. Three tips there. What is there anything additional that you guys have found you've worked when it comes to speaking or selling from stage? Yeah, I'll chime in. So one thing that I've found to be really beneficial when speaking from stage and when speaking to sell is making sure your audience has an emotional connection Mm. with the person sitting next to them. Mm. And the reason why is because when you give a call to action, whether you're dropping your price or whether you're just saying, you know, follow me on Instagram here where I'm going to nurture you and then sell later, They're going to turn to the person next to them at the end of this presentation and say, are you going to follow them? Are you going to buy in? And if that person next to them says no, that might be their decision too. And so throughout your speech, if you can get them to have an emotional breakthrough and share it with the person next to them, get vulnerable with the person next to them, have them share how great this whole presentation is for them. 
at the end, they're going to be talking about how great that presentation was, what their emotional breakthrough was, and whether they're going to follow you or whether they're going to purchase from you is kind of a no-brainer. There is an amazing, amazing speech that everybody needs to go watch. And it was when Russell Brunson, my main man, <laughs> sold $2 million in one day from Grant Cardone's stage. I believe it was $2 million. And one of the tips that he utilized, and, and back to don't recreate the wheel, like you just watch the greats do it. And he's someone that does it so on point and amazing. And one of the tips that he utilized was it doesn't start from the second you start on stage. It starts when they sit in their seat, right? Mm. So gift giving, huge, mm. huge gift giving. And what he did was he put a gift bag, I think it was a gift bag, on every single person's seat with a sticker, with like a pen, and with a form mm. as well. So the form was in the very back, and it was disguised under all of the different gifts that he was giving. Mm. And in that form, that's where they put their paper to pen, and that's where they fill out if they're going to move forward with that purchase. Mm. And you fill that paper out when you're in the highest emotional state, mm. when that connection is happening from stage to sitting. And so that was an awesome thing that we had also learned from Russell and works great. <laughs> <laughs> Proved that it works. Yeah. And to piggyback off of that, when they have that emotional breakthrough with the person next to them, yeah. some things that we've used and that Russell Brunson uses as well is having people get up out of their seat at the end of the speech, depending on what setting you're in, right? You can't have everybody get up and leave when there's a next speaker coming on. But getting them out of their seat and going to a specific space where they commit to making that purchase. Mm. And so if that is the case, you want that person next to them to be like, yeah, I'll go with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they have that emotional connection. They have the gift. They also have a form that they go submit. Mm. And now at the end, when you pitch, if you decide to pitch in this way, everybody stands up, they're going to all see everybody around them also making that yes decision. And because they've emotionally connected before, they're all going to do it together as a team. That's and awesome. if you put that yes decision next to the food tray <laughs> and there's pizza there, <laughs> y'all are just going to be walking over anyway. So that's the corner <laughs> to go to. Even better. POV behind the scenes of the Connect Her conference. I know. We're going to throw our next conference and be like, we know what you're doing. <laughs> Maybe we gave They're out too much. Buy. Kyle, we'll talk about They're this. They're still going to buy. They're still going to buy. They'll be emotional. Well, that's a good point, right? Before we move on from this is like the emo. We talked about stage presence. It's like if you can and I could do a better job of this as a speaker. If you can get people like emotionally invested or this is why like the speakers with the stories are usually the best is because mm -hmm. just inherently naturally like that story of overcoming adversity is just like Jesus. Like and when they tell that in a compelling way it just draws people to them and everyone wants like that's where they get referrals whether it's an emotional story whether it's you're just a really good speaker that you're a fun environment and like engaging and entertain like people love that one of the speakers that i'm thinking of good friend of mine he's one of the speakers i represent very successful is he's like man i understand that like on some level i'm an entertainer like on some level, I'm like if someone is bringing me in and paying me 20, 25K to speak at their conference and event and to kick it off on a Friday morning at 9 a.m., like they're paying for an experience. They're mm -hmm. paying for me to transform, get their audiences excited, engaged, like excited to be there for the event. And so I think that's something, again, is like as speakers, like don't forget, like you're there to solve a problem, but you're there to create an experience as well. And if you can do that and if you can do it in an emotionally engaging way and if you're good to work with, you're easy to work with with the meeting and event planner, like 
you'll have a very successful, lucrative career just naturally by because people want to tell people they'll refer people, they'll have you back because we all like love that, right? We all love the speaker that creates an experience. It's like, wow, I just remember that. Like, I just remember that person, you know, and what they did and who they are. So I think that's a good point as well. Like when it comes to stage presence piece is like be emotionally engaging, create an experience because people love that and they want more of it. I think, too, like regardless if you are a religious person or not, some of the greatest public speakers are in churches. Yeah. And I used to study this when I would go sit in churches, even as a kid, when I knew I started to show interest in speaking, I would study how they would work the room and when they would bring the storytelling in, when they would utilize different metaphors, because what their goal was, was to speak to every single person in the seat in a way that transforms their hearts. And so in order to do that to an entire room or to an entire stadium of people in some of these churches, they're packing stadiums, they have to be insanely great at using storytelling and metaphors and getting people to lean in and bringing the emotions to it. And so regardless if you're you know, religious or not, study those people because they do amazing, amazing work and amazing job, even like to the point of the music playing yeah. at the very end where and that's where everyone's typically crying, too, and their voice gets louder. And, you know, I, I've studied a lot about it <laughs> and it's, it's just amazing the breakthroughs that happen in those rooms. And, you know, I'm not I'm not going to hit that point too much harder, but I do think that it's a, a good yeah. tool to utilize. Yeah, it is. And if you can create that transformation from stage, like it's a special thing, you know, and, and that's what a lot of people, you think about one of the best in the world, Tony, you know, Tony Robbins, like what's mm-hmm. he creates breakthroughs and transformations because it's everything though, right? It's ev- like you've watched the documentary. It's like everything about the experience details matter. And you can do that as a speaker. And again, I think that's the big appeal for a lot of speakers getting into this is they've hit that high at some point. They've seen They've seen what it's like to be on stage and the breakthroughs and something lights up or clicks in someone and they get addicted and they just want to keep doing more of that. Yeah. And when you're doing it with, again, like something that's your message and that you're passionate about and that, you know, it's a topic that you care about and that you like, you've seen your own transformation and now you're bringing that to others. That's when it just it hits another level. And yeah, that's where you just you want to keep going. I mean, the speakers I know that are crushing like they just they're on the road more than I'd ever want to be, but they love it. And they all they want is like more gigs because they're passionate about their message and they're passionate about bringing it out to the world and helping others transform like they've transformed. This whole conversation is giving me a light bulb moment of something that we actually teach within our mastermind. And we talk about it with your actual program and your offer, but I think it could really correlate into your speaking and just how you show up is having your audience have three types of wins, Mm. which is an emotional breakthrough, an actionable breakthrough and a results breakthrough. Mm. So they have an emotional breakthrough. This typically comes through storytelling, relatability, right? They they emotionally see your results for themselves. And then an actionable win, which is something that they can leave your speech knowing they need to take action on to Mm. have change in their life. Mm -hmm. And then from that actionable win will come a result. They will get a new result if they take Mm. action on um, what you say. And so then you're able to emotionally connect with your audience. You're able to give them steps to go and take action. And then after your speech, a week later, when they see results from that Mm. action they took, they're going to be thinking, oh, my gosh, I heard Joe speak on stage. And he's the one that inspired me to take action on this. And now I'm seeing the change in my life. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's, man, that's what it's about. All those things, right? It's like, it's why we're in business. It's why it's all businesses. It's solving problems and helping people get 
from where they're at to a new state, a new desired end. Like it really can boil down to that and serving people at the highest level. And yeah, if you can hit those things, people will, they'll keep buying from you. You'll stay in business. You'll, they'll tell people about you, but it's huge. And I love that. Those three action steps from stage is like, again, it's not just, I think a lot of things, and I did this early on that a lot of, and we see this a lot with potential speakers and we try not to work with these people, but a lot of speakers are like ego driven. They're very, very ego driven. There's a lot of ego in the industry. And look, I, I get it. You've been on stage a bunch, you know, people are, oh, they tell you how great you are. But when you can really, and this goes back to not like reducing the fear of being on stage, as much as I've been able to shift to like, it's not about me. It's not about people telling me I did a great job or that, shit, which I had early on. Like part of me being wanting to be was like, oh, it'd be cool. I'll post on social media. People will think I'm cool. All that stuff. As I've been able to shift to, it's about the outcome I'm trying to provide. It's about the person I'm trying to serve, like less nerves, better performance, better results, more gigs, more money. And it's that simple shift. Drop your ego at the door. That's it. Y'all know it. Okay, Joe, we've gone off on a ton of strategy, a ton of tips. This has been a really beneficial episode. I want to bring it back to you, your business, your life. What is next for Joe Sebastian Savage? What is your middle name? Sergio. Sergio. It's not. <laughs> what is next Salvador. for Joe? Salvador. Salvador, Salvador Johnston. Salvador. Salvador. Uh, that's a great question. It's, it's more of what I'm doing. And... I've run into two types of people that I've met who are in business. And I don't think there's one right way or wrong way when you're getting into business. I've run into people who are like straight up, like this is a money move. Like this business that I've started is like a money move for me. Like, yeah, I'm a little passionate about it, but it's a money move. It's to create a cash flowing machine, a lead gen agency, whatever, a marketing agency that's going to bring in money, that's going to build me wealth so that in five, 10 years, I can then pivot and go to the thing that I actually want to do, right? That's like kind of like some of these people that we're working with who have built the things, they're at 40, now they're moving into speaking. I always came from a place, and I was fortunate enough to come from a place where I didn't like need cash immediately. I always, you know, have had money where I like went for passion first. And I think it took me a little longer. Like there's definitely quicker ways to make money than building a speaking business and an agency. But at this point, I'm at the point where I love the agency, I love the work we're doing with, you know, the speaker growth consultant company. And, you know, at least for the next three to five years, it's just like, let's just scale both of these. And we see the path and we know the path to do it. So from a business perspective, it's just more of what I'm already doing with more of like ideal clients. That's a big shift I've made this year is when you're early on in business, I'm sure maybe y'all can relate. You take whatever, like you'll take clients that probably aren't a great fit. You don't really, we didn't really know who our ICP is. Yeah. You want to speak like, yeah, sure. You'll pay us. Cool. Like, let's work with you. We'll put you on a sketchy payment plan. Like, let's do it. Like, I just need a client. I need results. More of like working with people that we want to work with, building a team of more people that we love working with in a culture that we love working with, more time freedom that allows me to do more of the things inside of my business and personally that I enjoy doing while still helping and serving the people that I want to serve. So more of what we're doing in terms of like gigs, in terms of those that we're helping, a little like less Joe time needed in the business, more ideal team, more ideal clients. So it's really about optimization, right? Like the, the base, the foundation for my life and business is in place. Now we just scale on it. So that's from a business perspective, personally looking at like, and this is like still kind of uh, coming together, but probably going nomad in like 10 months or so when my lease is up here in Austin. So thinking about doing that and like over the next 10 months, 
just living it up, doing everything that Austin has to offer, hanging out with the people that I love, the people that I've connected with, deepening those relationships, and just slowly creating the life that I desire. Love it. We believe that income and impact definitely go hand in hand. And it sounds like this empire that you've built for yourself is money moves, but you're also helping your clients make money moves along the way, um, which is huge. So last question we have for you, we ask everybody on the podcast. Uh Sam, do you want to ask him the question? Uh All right. I want you to think long and hard, but not too long, nor too hard. (laughs) What is one connection? that has changed the trajectory of your entire life? Logan Sneed. So I met Logan, my good buddy Logan. If anyone is down here in Austin, you've probably heard the name. I met him like a little over two years ago. And I was at a point, I moved down to Austin coming up on three years. So I met him like right when I was coming to my one year mark. And I met him and it was like one of those connections where I feel like with all my close friends, like I didn't think much of it. I met him through a friend of a friend. And I like had some connections down here and like people that I was friends with. And, you know, it was like freshman year when you move somewhere new, you're meeting all these people. And I met Logan through a friend of a friend. And, you know, we just started hanging out. He was actually like, hey, man, I'm trying to do more speaking. Like I'm focused on my coaching. But if you want to represent me, he's like, I know you take 25, 30 percent. He's like, I'll give you 50 percent. I don't need the money. I just want to get on stages. And we started hanging out over that. But we just started hanging out. You know, we had. Very, we have very similar values, um, similar work ethic, similar drive, similar, yeah, just like personality to a degree. And not only did it open up so many doors, but we just formed a friendship and then started creating, you know, our own social network in life together and, you know, separately. But it opened so many connections down here. And it also just like gave me a friend and someone in business and in life that has just been a relationship that's been amazing while down here in Austin that continues to grow. So there's been many in my life, but since being in Austin and most recently it's, it's been him and it's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. Love Logan. Love you, buddy. Oh, a little bromance. Oh, so adorable. We'll have to have Logan on the podcast. He posted the other day that he was watching a brain surgery and I was like, what? Oh yeah. He's cooking up something big. He's cooking up something big. All right. We'll have to have him on the show. He's going to become a brain surgeon. Well, connectors, it has been a jam packed episode. We covered mastering your message. We covered how to get leads from speaking on stage, how to get yourself booked for speaking opportunities, much, much more freaking personal branding, branding yourself as a speaker, how to formulate your message, Joe's journey. all of the things. And if you listen to the whole episode, you are probably dancing in your seat, grooving in your car, or you're at the gym, just ready to step on a stage and share your journey, which was exactly our goal with today's podcast, because we know you have a message that deserves to be heard. So without that being said, go ahead and hop on into those show notes below this episode. Click on your phone for a second and give Joe Johnson a follow. Check out his website that he quick plugged halfway through this episode about three times. Follow him on the gram and we'll see you guys in the next episode. It's called seeding. Seeding. (laughs) Yeah. Seeding. He's seeding. (laughs) See ya. See ya. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Connect Her podcast. We are your hosts, Sam and Rach. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to show your support, make sure to connect your friends with your favorite episode, leave a review, and download that favorite episode for later. 
And remember, you're always one connection away. We'll catch you in the next episode.